special edition. We have a couple of news stories that may bring on the rage. Fucked up families is the theme this week. I'm your host Cambo. Grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is True Crime Island Special Edition. First, I would like to welcome everyone to the first special edition of the year. I have a few interesting cases coming up for the normal episodes, but tonight I would like to go through a couple of things that have been going on in recent times. So, first up, we have the story of a family of fucktards, father Rick Thorburn, mother Julene Thorburn, and two sons Josh and Trent Thorburn. I will do an in-depth episode at some stage on this family of scum, but I'm not going to have too many child killers in a row as it does upset the islanders a bit and the father is yet to go on trial, which is set down for February 18. So in case you're not up on this story, it relates to the murder of 12-year-old Tia Lee Palmer. She was the foster child of Thorburn's, who ran a, they ran a daycare service from their home at Chambers Flat in Queensland. She went missing on the 30th of October 2015. Rick Thorburn told police he dropped Tia Lee at Marston State High School in Logan, Queensland at around 8.10am on the 30th of October 2015 but there was no record of her attending classes and no one saw her that day. A week later, on the 5th of November 2015, her remains would be found on the banks of the Pimpama River. Nearly a year later, on the 20th of September 2016, the Thorburn clan were taken into police custody for questioning. Rick Thorburn was charged with Tia Lee's murder. Julene, his wife, and Joshua, his son, were charged with perjury and attempting to pervert the course of justice. And the person I'm concentrating on tonight, 19-year-old Trent Thorburn, Rick and Julene's son, was charged with two counts of perjury and one count each of attempting to pervert the course of justice and incest. Yes, 19-year-old Trent Thorburn was charged and ultimately found guilty of having sex with his 12-year-old foster sister. The offence of incest involved Trent having unprotected sexual intercourse with his 12-year-old foster sister, Tia Lee. Shortly after that event, Trent confessed to a cousin and later his mother about the sexual intercourse. The first count of perjury arose out of evidence given by Trent to the Crime and Corruption Commission as part of an investigative hearing into the disappearance of Tia Lee. On the 26th of June 2016, Trent falsely testified that there had been no sexual contact between him and Tia Lee. He also falsely claimed he had seen Tia Lee at a time when he knew she had been killed by his father. The second count of perjury arose out of evidence given by Trent 
at an investigative hearing conducted by the Crime and Corruption Commission on the 19th of September 2016. By that time, extended family members had provided statements to police contradicting Trent's denial of sexual contact with Tia Lee. Further, a covert listening device had recorded Trent's parents telling him and his brother to continue to maintain the false story. When Trent was recalled to the investigative hearing on the 19th of September 2016, he acknowledged he had had sexual intercourse with Tia Lee, but in evidence gave an explanation as to the circumstances of that intercourse consistent with a virgin aversion suggested to him by his father as recorded by the covert listening device. Trent continued to falsely testify that the fact of sexual contact was not in any way connected with Tia Lee's disappearance. Trent also falsely testified that there had been no family discussion on the night Tia Lee had been killed by his father. The offence of attempting to obstruct the course of justice arose out of the consequence of Trent giving false statements to the police about Tia Lee's last whereabouts. Trent gave a false statement on the 6th of November 2015, which was repeated on the 20th of November 2015. He again gave a false statement on the 11th of February 2016. So, the story goes that 19-year-old Trent had sex with his foster sister, 12-year-old Tia Lee, and got her pregnant. He told his cousin and then his mum about what happened, and it is alleged that Trent's father, Rick, then murdered Tia Lee to protect his son. Now, at the time, the Thorburns were running a daycare centre, which continued until their approval was revoked six months after Tia Lee was murdered. The family came up with a story that they tried to stick with that ultimately fell apart and they all ended up in jail. So Trent was taken into custody on the 20th of September 2016 and denied bail. Justice John Bond said there were concerns Trent Thorburn would commit crimes against children if released on bail, as police claim he has been sexually involved with at least one other minor. I will go into the sentencing judge's remarks when I do a full episode on this after the father's trial. But this cunt is already out. He got four years. But wait, that was for the head sentence of perjury. He actually had his sentence suspended after only being in custody for 16 months. You see, he was going to be sentenced to two and a half years for incest and on top of that, the perjury and perverting the course of justice charges, of which three years was the longest term, they were to be served concurrently. So incest was worth 30 months and the other charges 36 months. But the judge thought that was just too much. So he was able to serve 
only 16 months. What the fuckity fuck? Trent Thorburn's actions ultimately led to the murder of Tia Lee Palmer. The whole scummy family tried to cover up the alleged offence committed by the father. This asshole Trent was released on the 19th of January 2018, just two days ago. Where is the justice in all this? This is fucked. I'm going to stop now so as not to get too upset. But as I said before, I will bring you the whole story of this fucked up family as soon as Rick Thorburn's trial is over. And that's supposed to start in February. Okay, on to fucked up family number two. I reckon you've probably heard of this by now. Paris, California. Population, 76,331. According to NBC, 57-year-old David Allen Turpin and his wife, 49-year-old Louise Anna Turpin, were charged with 12 counts of torture, 7 counts of abuse on on a dependent adult, 12 counts of false imprisonment and 6 counts of child abuse. David Turpin was hit with an additional charge of committing a lewd act on a child by force. The Turpins have 13 kids aged between 2 and 29 years of age. Allegations are that they were homeschooling their children, but in reality it looks like the kids were beaten, choked and shackled to their beds with no access to a bathroom for months on end. Riverside County District Attorney Mike Hestron said, This is severe emotional and physical abuse. There is no way around that. This is depraved conduct. It started out as neglect and became severe, pervasive child abuse. He added, the charges cover just the eight years the Turpins lived in Riverside County. He went on to say, the Turpins use ropes to bind the kids before switching to chains. All the children were born in hospitals, but they almost never saw doctors and never visited a dentist. These individuals sleep all day and are up all night and they typically went to sleep between 5am and 4am and 5am they were allowed just one shower per year one thing they were allowed to do said Heston was to write journals and there were hundreds of them found he said they are going to be strong evidence of what occurred in that home The captives were supposed to be homeschooled, Heston added, but they were so clueless about the world that many of the children didn't know what a police officer was. So, the Turpin's House of Horrors was revealed after Turpin's 17-year-old daughter and her younger sister made a break through a window. The younger sister got scared and ran back home, but the 17-year-old kept going 
and called 911 on a phone she had found in the house. Police said that she had the mental capacity of a much younger girl, but she had been planning her escape for around two years. Good on you. When police got inside the house, they discovered a 22-year-old chained to a piece of furniture and two others who had managed to unshackle themselves. The rooms inside the house reeked of urine. D.A. Hestron said only one of the children, a boy, was allowed off the premises to take classes and he was always accompanied by his mother. Angie Parra, who took a music class with one of the children at a community college, said he wore the same clothes every day and appeared famished. He stood by the table and didn't sit down. He literally ate plate after plate after plate. I could see sadness in his face. His eyes. He never wanted to make eye contact with anyone, she said. The only child in the Turpin household that did not appear to be abused by the parents was the youngest, a two-year-old girl who was getting enough to eat, Hestron said. By contrast, the 29-year-old daughter weighed just 82 pounds, or 40 kilos approximately, when she was rescued. Well, it's good to hear that the kids are all getting treatment and investigators hope to get statements from them in the near future. Their relos were shocked, apparently. Turpin's 81-year-old mother, Betty, said, They were just like any ordinary family and they had such good relationships. I'm not just saying this stuff. These kids, we were amazed. They were sweetie this and sweetie that to each other. Betty also said that her son had told her he had so many kids because God wanted him to. I feel they were model Christians, she said. It's hard to believe all of this. Over the years, the Lord knows what happened. Louise's sister, Teresa Robinette, said she had not been in touch but had no reason to suspect trouble. She said we always thought she was living the perfect life. She would tell us they went to Disneyland all the time. They would go to Vegas. Now in Vegas, the Turpins renewed their wedding vows first on October 29, 2011, where they had an Elvis impersonator who sang, Love me tender, love me true, and... And I can't help falling in love with you. While they danced. They did it again, this time bringing the kids along on the uh, 2nd of September 2013 and again on October 31, 2015 for their 30th anniversary. Each time, the girls wore pink tartan dresses and white tights and the boys wore dark suits with white shirts and red ties. 
each time the bride wore a white wedding dress and the groom wore a black tux. Elvis impersonator Kent Ripley said, They never appeared to be anything other than a big family that stayed together, travelled together and did everything together. They were quiet, yet nice and well behaved, he said of the kids. They weren't bossed around, they weren't yelled at, they smiled a lot. Now get me a cheeseburger. So I'm sure there is so much more to come out of this. The Turpins have each been held on $9 million bail. David Turpin had gotten state approval to run a private school, the Sandcastle Day School, out of his one-storey tan stucco house that California records reveal. They listed him as the principal. You would think that if you were going to be let homeschool your kids, they would have to have the premises inspected from time to time, but I guess not. Apparently, all the kids are stunted from the lack of nutrition they were getting, so their lives are probably fucked up already, regardless of what assistance they get from now on. I'd hate to think what mental state they're in. What makes people do these things, and how is it that no one knows what's going on? Again, These people had families and yet they had no idea this torture was going on. The neighbours must have been able to smell the house and maybe they could have called the health department to go and have a look. Somehow, I think these things just happen and will continue to happen. We live in a crazy mixed up world. You can shout out boom fuckalunga as much as you like, but it will not fix the fucked upness part of our society. The Thorburns are just a bunch of scumbags that ultimately dobbed each other in for their own sakes, but then you get the Turpins where it's the mother and father that seem to go way off track. Talk about losing your moral compass. So, you will hear more about these families in the future. As I said, I will do a full episode on the Thorburns at a later date as the father is yet to front up court. And even he is to be assumed innocent until proven guilty. That should start in about a month's time when the next court date is scheduled. I guess we all know or have even been part of a dysfunctional family. There's a wide spectrum out there. Well, True Crime Islanders, I reckon we are a pretty good family. Next week is going to be the usual full episode, so look out to that for that Sunday late. I would like to now shout out to the island's new Patreons, Quinn Marie S, Antoinette B, Kirsten C, and Joe upped his pledge. Thank you all so much for your support of the island. As I said, I'm just about to order a new PC to replace the dead one, and I will upload pickies when it's up and running. 
If you want to become a Patreon of the island, just go to www.patreon.com forward slash true crime island, where for as, a, as little as a dollar a month, you can become a Patreon. All funds go directly back to the island. And don't forget, we're commercial free. You can also do a one-off payment via PayPal, and the account for that is cambo at truecrimeisland.com. Coming soon will be donation via Bitcoin and all that cryptocurrency stuff. And I'll give you full details of that as well. Thanks to Kimberly, Casey and Anna who bought beer coolers this week. So if you want stickers or koozies, you need to email me directly. And again, my email is cambo at truecrimeisland.com and I can price it up for you according to postage. I have a few left, so be quick. All other merch such as t-shirts, hoodies, tote bags, mugs of rage and the like is via the shop at truecrimeisland.threadless.com. There's links to everything at my website, truecrimeisland.com anyway. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Again, you do not have to spend money to support the show. You can rate, review and share the love. The more people who know about the show, the better. If people don't know what a podcast is, then show them the way. A big shout out to Michael Gerlach, who has a great show called Insight on Disability. You can find it at insightondisability.com. He created the Boomfuckalunga Boogie, and I currently have it linked via my True Crime Island Facebook group. So join the group and have a listen to it. It's hilarious. Thanks, Michael. Tonight, I do have one promo for the Brohio podcast. They cover paranormal, true crime, famous murders, demons, occult, and everything that goes bump in the night. They are a little raunchy, yet funny, but cover all the information on your favourite topics. It is not for those easily offended, okay? But if you aren't one of those, then give it a try. Don't forget to check out Twitter and Instagram. The island's handle is at True Crime Island. You can join in the chat, and there are so many other podcasts you'll find on there as well. Hi to all the followers. A big shout out to Damo G and Jason Abercrombie. We need to have a drink sometime, guys. I think Jason, right now, is doing that. Enjoy your holiday, mate. Well, that's about all for tonight. So this has been Cambo, and you've been listening to True Crime Island Special Edition. And as I always say, don't forget to delete your browser history. Good night.
I am Nick. And I am Rob, and we are the Brohio Podcast. We cover all the unknown and much more. Aliens, true crime, famous murders, monsters, paranormal, and everything that goes bump in the night. We keep it funny, slightly trashy, and sometimes we like to talk about crapping our... Nick, 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 we are trying to make a good impression here. Right, right. You can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. We drop new episodes every Monday. We are a member of the Bomb Pod Media Network. We'd love to talk to you on Instagram and Twitter at Brohio Podcast. And the Bros of Brohio do appreciate you listening. We will see you on the dark side. <laughs>